like, let's go back to the beginning. Where are we at here? About 35, 40? Okay. We got time for a little story here. Okay. Let's go way back to the beginning. Okay. My beginning. Oh, shit. There it is. I got it. I got my pill. And we'll, we'll make it pretty quick while we smoke hash. Okay. I left high school in 10th grade. That was forced. Um, that wasn't because I thought I was cool or I was too dumb. It was because the circumstances of the school, politics, relationships with parents, faculty, lots of issues, and my inability to respect the people who were so disrespectful to me and my parents. So I had to get out of the school. <clears throat> my option was to go to an alternative school. So I was forced to go to basically a community college and do 11th and 12th grade and my associates all at the same time whatever because it all it was some special program it's like an alternative thing kind of like a ged but not whatever so i was forced to do that then like i'm not in high school anymore i'm graduated whatever like i'm just working shit jobs and then like i start getting into weed when i'm about 18 19 years old really start getting into water pipes and then um literally like have a guy hit me up um, who I think he's a good guy. Like I have nothing uh, bad to say about him. Uh, he's a super talented artist. I just don't know if he'd want me to shout him out on here. Um, so I'm gonna respect that. Um, but he like contacted me on Facebook and was basically like, Hey dude, like, um, I have some work to do at my house. You have a landscape company come do it. I've told this story in the podcast before, so I'm keeping it brief. So I went and dug, um, a hole for him and did some work for him. We traded some like, um, time for time. And he let me like blow some glass at his glass blowing studio. And uh, my wife quit her job and she wanted to blow glass too. And um, his company was growing and there just wasn't space for us and like at the shop anymore. So we couldn't be there. So I was forced to kind of like buy my first torch and everything, but I didn't know if I was like ready for glass blowing and I didn't have the money to do it. So I took out like a 10 K loan from the bank, which is the most I could have got at the time. Um, and I got, I paid for the torches, which took months to get, but I was like kind of like forced to quickly get into that. So then I started like teaching myself to blow glass and I started working crazy hours because like I invested 10K and I'm obsessed with this, but I got a crush because like, like this is like, I don't have, what, what the fuck's 10K even look like? Like this, I was like freaking out, but I just did it. So I crushed, I was forced to do it. And then um, we didn't know how to sell glass. So we eventually went to a trade show and then this trade show happened in Colorado and we met a lot of people here and we were like, we have to move. So like Colorado wasn't like the state we were looking to move to. We weren't even looking to move. Like we kind of wanted to stay around family, whatever. I also thought it was a good idea for us to move for a lot of reasons, just because of family and circumstances. But so we were like kind of forced to move to Colorado. Okay, we're moving to Colorado. We got this business. And like, I'm trying to explain this to my wife. I'm like, everything we've done, every bit of a success we've ever gained in life is because we've been forced into discomfort. And that's my whole point with this long drawn out fucking story that I said was going to be quick. start how do we even do this right how do we do weed no i've taken two weeks off before this is not an enigma this has happened before but this one's like a, just been the craziest shit ever this piece is like three different colors right now with these different cfl lights on it more of this now real quick for a little dab here to get started got a lot to talk about today i missed you folks it's been a uh, couple weeks 
since we've done an episode, I had to take some time off. Um, we had uh, the county and local government and uh, code enforcement and regional building department um, basically shut down Bearmount Studios. As you can see, I'm still here. Shit's still set up and the kiln's on. So I'm continuing to work. But because they gave us 30 days to shut down. And um, so they, that was nice to them. And they did offer me, they're like, hey, at 30 days, contact us and let us know where you're at. We can give you an extension. Um, yeah. So they, you know, regardless of the circumstances, they were being, um, I guess, as cool as they could be. But what ended up happening was one of my neighbors uh, complained in 2019, September about um, a sound there was new that they were hearing in the neighborhood and it was my new fan that I installed in 2019. Um, the neighbor also complained to me and I actually took care of the fan. I was like, oh, that does that does sound louder than normal. Let me fix that. You know, I'm a good neighbor, so I did. I fixed it. We were good. Um, well, I guess the county and code enforcement drove by back in 2019, but the house was so clean and new looking, they didn't see any issues with the property, so they didn't pursue the uh, complaint. Well, we got another complaint in February of 2022 because one of my tanks I forgot to turn off at night and it, um, it blew off. And uh, when my neighbor texted me in the middle of the night, I was like, oh, I'm sorry about that. I guess um, me or one of my guys forgot to turn off my oxygen tank. So I apologized for it, went and turned it off. I was like, oh, geez. But it wasn't like a huge deal, um, but I took care of it. Well, he complained again after that. Um, and that was the complaint that got the county out here and code enforcement and everything. They sent me a letter in the mail. i got to reheat this now. I already messed up. But what can you do? It's, it's a What's Better Boy podcast. We're going to miss a lot of these. Um, we got a letter in the mail that they said basically we have 14 days to contact them or else they would take like legal action against us and basically go after our property, put like a lien on our home, all that kind of stuff. And I was like, whoa, this is really serious. So we contacted them immediately, set up a day for them to come out and inspect the property to clear up any sort of concerns they had to make sure that we were good. Or if, if they needed us to adjust anything, I was happy to. I was like, hey, you need me to move my ventilation, move my tanks, put something inside, happy to change, whatever, come on out, we'll uh, take care of it. Well, they came out and looked at everything and they, they couldn't find anything wrong. All my stuff was tight, up to code, looking good. But they were like, this is kind of a gray area though, like, cause you're using fire and that looks like it might be too dangerous for a residential property in our opinion. And I was like, wonderful, I'm glad you guys have an opinion. Everybody's got opinions, that's, that's great. Um, but it was a gray area. So in my head, I was like, gray area, I'm going to be good. Um, so they were like, we're going to take this, um, to the uh, city attorney and see what she was, see what she thinks. And, um, let me take his dab real quick. One second. I don't even know how to dab anymore. I'm like, how do you do this? Put it on there. Um, so I was like, okay, so the two people who inspected the property are now going to bring pictures to the city attorney and try to explain to her um, what I'm doing. And he was like, yeah, that's what we're going to do. <coughs> I was like, so the fate of my business is placed in the hands of someone who was not here, and it's going to be based on their education or perspective on how these torches work and how fire works and how fire safety works, all these things. And I was like, what if I have the fire department come? He's like, yeah, even if you have the fire department come, in the end, it's the decision of the um, 
local attorney or whatever. I'm like, sick, sick. So even if the fire department is like, this is all good to go and safe, um, and there's no issues, I was like, so no matter what I do, and he was like, ah, actually, the big problem here is that you really can't be running this type of manufacturing uh, business on a residential property. And I was like, what type of manufacturing business? I'm an artist. He's like, well, he's like, how we see it is you are a manufacturer of glass and it's a type of industrial manufacturing. So that's not permitted on a residential property. And I was like, okay. I was like, so I was like, I'm not allowed to work in my garage and stuff. And like I kept digging and found, he's like, well, you can't have employees here. And I was like, well, all my guys are subs, like they're subcontractors. So they, they don't have set schedules. They can work one week and maybe not. They just come and go as they please. It's whatever. Um, and also too, they work on their own stuff here. It's like having the homies, letting them make some art too with the space I built. Um, and he's like, yeah, basically you can't have anyone on your property. Only the person who lives on the property can be in the garage. And he's like, you could get the garage zoned as a hobby shop. And then you by yourself could work in the garage, but you could not sell anything you're making in the garage. If you're making a profit from anything that you're making in the garage, then you cannot do it because then it's considered a business. And I was like, okay. I was like, so I can have a glass blowing studio so long as I don't have anyone in there. That's not me or my wife or daughter. And as long as whatever I make doesn't sell. And I was like, okay, this is good. You, this is helpful. Very helpful information. Good stuff. Um, so basically what they were telling me is like, no matter what, I'm not going to be able to blow glass in here um, in the legal capacity that I would like to. Because I like to do everything legally above board, like pay taxes, do all that shit. Um, and I had just paid taxes like six days prior to them inspecting this home. So I was like, didn't y'all get the check? Like, didn't the check come? It's still in the mail? God, fuck, it's coming. You know, we paid our taxes early. Um, but yeah, fuck it. But it's pretty crazy. So my choice was either to basically um, continue to blow glass in my garage by myself um, illegally because they were going to put a lien on my house because if I keep doing it out here, like they're just going to keep going after me and harassing me. Um, so I'd have to basically fire all my homies and guys that work with me and then just work by myself in my garage and do it privately and hope they don't like go after me a bunch. Um, or I get a commercial space and build a brand new glass blowing studio and put everything on the line. Um, during one of the toughest times in modern history right now to like get real estate, um, get good like, we're not gonna do loans for everything. I'm just gonna work hard and hope to God y'all buy glass and I'll fucking buy some more equipment. I'll paint the walls, I'll do this. And over time we'll fucking get it built out nice, but it's going to take me some time because everything's more expensive right now. And I'm not complaining. It's just what it is. But that's why I was so frustrated with code enforcement. I'm like, I'm happy to expand and build a building. I was like, God, can we just wait like a couple years or something? I was like, things are a little wild right now. Uh, a little crazy. Um, like materials and every, everything, the cost is a little bit crazy. So, and I was like, already like my company is taking losses right now because our material costs have gone up. Our shipping costs, everything has gone up. Like, and we don't reflect that into the product. We're just eating that right now. So we're making um, a bit less. So it makes it challenging to take on this new thing. But I'm like, fuck it, dude. I don't give a fuck. Like, I'm not complaining. I'm just going to fucking do it. And whatever, dude. I'm young enough to fucking fail and rebuild something else. Um, I'll just make sure if I fail, it's gracefully and doesn't affect the people I love. Um, so that's why I'm building the studio I'm building. I found the property I've found. God, it's hard to find real estate right now too. There's like no real estate in Colorado Springs and what is available is really expensive. Um, 
because what the real estate brokers have been telling me is through the pandemic, um, a lot of companies had to scale back their operations, like they weren't doing as much sales, whatever, so they had to get rid of their large warehouses and they moved into smaller units. So I only need a smaller unit because I only have a few people that work with me. I'm a smaller company. Like we just make like we don't make that much stuff. Like um, so we don't need some giant warehouse. So the type of space I was looking for that was zoned properly for glass blowing and shit just wasn't fucking available. Um, and how this whole thing happened was we actually found a building. We're in contract um, to get it, and I think we're going to be in June first and start the remodels. We're going to continue to blow. I'm I'm going to continue to blow glass here to keep funding the whole thing but we'll have the, uh, at least the guys in there as soon as possible um, so they can continue to crush. But it's um, <coughs> it's nuts. But so how this all happened was is Friday morning, my wife uh, randomly went to one of the realtor's websites that we were, because we drove around town looking for buildings, just looking for signs that said available for lease or something, calling the numbers, you know, doing the old school thing because that's actually faster nowadays than going on websites because the websites aren't even up to date. It's actually faster just to call numbers because even if that one's sold, they might have a new property that just popped up. Well, my wife had called like a Friday morning to this realtor that we talked to a few days prior about a building that wasn't available, unfortunately, or the building was available, just the, um, the owner didn't want glass blowers in it. That's a hard thing too. If you're renting, finding an owner that wants you to use fire inside their rental property, um, man, I mean, it is, if I was selling anything else, I'd have no problem, you know, because the credit's good, the money's there, I have the ability to do it, I own multiple properties, so I have the equity, I can do it all, no problem, I'm good, I'm overqualified for where the property I got. However, like finding a property where they're like, yeah, dude, you can blow glass here, is like, man, that's fucking hard. So, and anyone that's tried to do it knows what I'm talking about, and if you haven't had issues finding a property for it, fucking awesome, dude. You know, good for you. But most of us, I feel like it's definitely a challenging thing to convince someone to let you blow glass on their property uh, that you're renting at. Um, but whatever. So my wife called like one of the real estate uh, agents that morning that we were talking to prior, like earlier in the week. And they were, um, they were like, oh my God, this guy just like was supposed to sign this lease this morning. And he called us like 15, 20 minutes before the, the lease signing meeting that we'd been working on for weeks with him. And he bailed on it and he said he had a different building he was interested in. And now we have this space available that we were supposed to have him injured by June 1st. Like, and so it was like this whole thing. And um, we went there, looked at it. It looked good for us. We talked to them. Like my wife did above and beyond work for the real estate broker. She basically did like all the work for them. Cause usually it takes like 10 to 14 days to like finalize everything as far as like seeing if you're qualified, seeing like um, if the owners are comfortable with your business, this and that, all the re whatever we had approval within 24 hours, which is like unheard of. Like even the real estate broker was like, this is insane. Like you guys aren't even tenants and you did this much work for the property. Like we're not worried about you paying the bills here and keeping it nice. Like you're obviously above and beyond organized, ready for this shit. So, and I was like, yeah, my, I've been in business for almost a decade. This business is nine years old. And um, I was like, I have, I've been paying taxes on it for nine years. Like this is not just a business I just started paying taxes. I've been paying taxes for almost a decade on Bear Mountain Studios. So, um, we've been a legal functioning entity, um, and we've grown and you can see it on paperwork, our growth over the last nine years, it's incredible. Um, so we've got the building and we're going to, I think June 1st, we'll start remodels. I think it's going to probably take a few months for the remodels to make it how I want it. Cause I don't want anyone going in there until it's like nice, nice. I mean, it's nice now, but I want to make it like even nicer than my house, like stupid nice, like where you feel like you're in like a brand new, like. 
I want like in between coffee shop and tattoo shop feel with like lots of raw like like woods and steels like this, but like even nicer and like higher hoods, bigger benches, more equipment. Um, it's gonna have offices and fucking break rooms and the the whole nine yards and make everything nice, everything brand new, new floors, epoxy all the concrete, make it look like fucking marble, like um, just make it super fucking nice. <coughs> but man i'm trying to make the i'm but i've been trying to be positive about this whole thing because this was like the most shocking intense thing and we have lost family members over the last year like we have been dealing with like handling my wife's been trying to deal with handling her grandmother's estate because my wife's the ones that my wife is the one in the family that's responsible for everything not her parents or anything it's my wife like she's the one that has to take care of everyone's estates when they pass away and all stuff so she's dealing with lawyers and stuff on all other shit and we've had all these things happen, and I'm like, this one was the most shocking because our, like, one thing we always said, even when things were hard, like, when you're losing someone you love or things are tough, we're like, we got to be grateful we at least have work and we have a safe place to work and we can provide for our family. Like, as hard as things are, like, we have to be grateful for those things. And when that livelihood was being attacked and they were telling us we had to shut down, I was like, oh, my God, that was, like, my... That was my one foundational thing that was kind of like the baseline that would call me. I was like, even if the world's ending, I can go out there and make some glass and I can protect people as much as possible. Um, and I can also like calm down by working on my art and like it's, it's everything. It's my therapy. It's my, my, you know, my financial foundation. It's like how I take care of my family. It's just, and when they were, when they said they were going to shut it down, I was like, this is like, I couldn't, it could, it, I just couldn't, it didn't even make sense to me. I was like, wait, what's happening? I was literally at a sandwich shop getting my wife and I lunch, and she called me frantically crying, being like, I got this letter in the mail, and I couldn't even get the sandwiches. I just told the owner, I was like, I got to go. And um, he obviously, like, I mean, I was like, don't even worry about it. I was like, I'll come back. And, you know, he's like, I'll just come back another day, and I'll make you new sandwiches, and he took care of us. But it was like, we didn't, I didn't eat for, like, I don't know. It's been awesome though. I'm looking great. I've lost over 15 pounds. So I'm like, honestly, like I just, right. Do I look a little skinnier? Yeah, bro. I'm like, I'm dropping it like a motherfucker, dude. What is food? What is sleep? Um, yeah. So even though I'm confident, even though I believe in myself, even though I'm staying positive, it doesn't mean I'm not fucking stressed the fuck out. Like, you know, that's what it is. And like, that's why I wanted to tell a lot of people that see my like 15 second Instagram clip or one minute Instagram video. It's like, yeah, get motivated, get hyped up. I'm positive. I'm motivated. I got fucking got this, but I'm still fucking stressed out. Like this is still awful. Um, this is like not like, yeah, I can look at it from far away and go, look at that. That's fucking badass. He's conquering. He's crushing it. But inside I'm like, I'm on fire and I don't know how to put it out. Like this is terrifying, but that's okay. Growing up's cool as hell. Um, uh, that's one thing I've realized as an adult that they didn't tell me was that growing up was going to be cool as hell, dude. We fucking got all these cool things to happen to you. So many interesting mountains to climb, lots to see, um, lots to overcome. And man, do you learn a lot, a lot of character building. Um, fear is the foundation of everything I found as an adult, um, all the way from everything, fear. Fear of everything. And you have to pretend that you're not scared and not tell your kids. I'm like, everything's fine. It's great. Then you go in the garage and you just scream. <laughs> you're like, oh my God, fuck, what's happening? It's great. I'm doing great. Um, and I know my tone and the way I'm saying it might not sound like it, but I am. 
I'm very lucky. I've found a fucking building, which is near impossible. We had real estate brokers literally tell us for the first week going like, we're sorry guys, but this is like what you're looking for is not going to be possible in this time. And like buying is not possible. Like the building, even a small building, you're going to spend $1.2 million in Colorado Springs on maybe 3000 square foot, like a small building. And to get that, do you guys know how commercial loans work for getting buildings? Like, cause I don't have $1.2 million to just put down on the buildings. I'll still need money to build out a studio inside of it, get permits for all the glass blowing, get it zoned right. To get a commercial loan, you have to put 20% down. So if it was a million dollars, you're gonna put, you know, yeah, $200,000 down. And then in five years, you have to pay the other 800,000. It's a five year loan, five years, not 10, not six, like a car. They'll give you more time to pay a car off. When it comes to a commercial space, it's like you have five years to pay off whatever the remainder of the other 80% of this loan. So you better have a good fucking business that makes crazy fucking money if you're gonna get any building that's bigger than 3,000 square foot in Colorado Springs. So we're renting, but the people we're renting from are down, they're about it, and they know what I make. I showed them my work, I showed them the pipes. I'm like, I need full transparency here. You need to know what I do. You need to know how I operate and how clean and nice we're gonna make your property. And I'm not gonna complain about anyone making loud noises like the last tenant, because I guess the last tenant hated how loud the welder was next door cutting metal all day, but I was like, I'm gonna have noise canceling headphones in, I'm gonna have ventilation above my head, work on a lathe, I'm not even gonna fucking hear them. You'll never hear me complain. So already they love us. They're like, we're so happy we met you guys, we're so happy to have you move in, yada, yada, yada. And we're gonna keep it all private. I'm going to keep my business address, my home, and I'm going to keep the manufacturing side of Bear Mountain Studio as a private entity, completely separate, because I don't need any more harassment from, and I don't think they're bad people at the code enforcement. I really don't. I think that they're just folks that live in a different world than me. I think the world they live in, they graduated high school. Uh, they follow a pattern that their parents followed. They follow the books that were before them, and they know that this is the reality of their world. The world I live in is much different, um, so we're not able to, to communicate. So instead of getting mad at them, I'm just going to look at it as, hey, you live in that world, I live in this world, we don't even speak the same language, you can't see my perspective here that you're crushing my livelihood with no justification other than, I think this might not be safe for a home. That's your justification. Then you go to a local attorney and adjust a code so that home glass blowing studios are now under the code of not being able to be in homes. <clears throat> they use me as an example and hopefully they just forget about me. Hopefully I do everything they want and they just <coughs> move on with their shit. This is this episode guys. It's a, it's a chatty one cause I haven't been here two weeks and a lot has happened. I mean a lot, a lot has happened. Um, but yeah, I got this piece that has already been given away at this point on Patreon. This was a April's giveaway new type of a, concept for a recycler a lot of people that saw this they're like oh you should change this and this and that and i'm like this is not um this is not a design i'm selling or a finished design i essentially made this just to test this component if i was going to make something to sell it would have a little bit more up here like the pump station did as far as like how the return lines went for like the splash guard and stuff like i don't get water in my mouth it has this has like this cool like yo-yo looking splash guard thing i have here um but a lot of people, when they saw the video of, not a lot of people, like three people, but I like to touch, I, I want to talk about it because if three people commented, probably 30 people thought it, you know what I'm saying? Or maybe th 300 people thought it and three people commented. I'm not sure what the fucking you know, numbers are on that shit, but. Um, 
So a lot of people look at this as just the mouthpiece, but I look at this as the mouthpiece. This is an uptake right here for like how this type of recycler works. I just um, wanted to just test this component before I put like a hundred more hours into building this whole top part. And I would change the design a bit anyways if I were to finish it like that. I just wanted to test this component because this is different. I should have cleaned this before this. I don't give a fuck though. We've been session it heavy. It's dirty as fuck. Look at this goddamn thing. Looking like a, looks like it's sandblasted. It's so dirty. That's okay though. Um, so essentially what's going on here is, um, is I took my double diffused perk and how they work is they work on that like adhesion cohesion kind of like mechanics where like the water like stacks up around these discs. Those discs kind of create little membranes because they're uh, with the water because they're so close to the wall. It kind of like creates a percolator with the water and how close it is, but it lets the water fall really quick because it is not welded. Um, but this is just the mechanics that all the double diffuse, like all my glass functions, like a lot of the modern RBR stuff functions on. But I wanted to take this component and kind of flip it around. So I took it, I flipped it around and I flared open the top. So the top of this is open right here. So when water stacks up around this, like a normal double diffuse perk, it splashes over and goes up here, but all the bubbles that are falling down, water is falling back inside the internal part of this perk and goes all the way down into the foot right here. You see the return line that comes straight out the bottom. And then all the foam that overflows, because this is mostly like a foam catch. This catches like the foamy water and then this catches like the solid water. Um, so it's like this really kind of like a cool filter too. It's like filtering the foam out of the water. Um, and then all the foam will fall down here and then return, go into the same return line into the foot. Um, so I just wanted to test this component. It's an idea I've had drawn for a while. I wanted to see how it felt. I wanted to see what it visually looked like and what it did. Um, if I was going to incorporate into this into a piece, I would change a couple of things. Uh, this piece was just made to test it. It was essentially like, okay, we need to test this component in an engine in a car. Uh, well, we need an engine to put the component in to test it. We don't need a whole car. So this isn't a complete car. This is just an engine testing a component with a little mouthpiece on it so I can see how it feels. Um, but I'm going to take a, a big dab on this with the, uh, the giant Slurpee because it's super fun. And, uh, but I'll pull on it first a little bit too just so we can do some, some bubble dumping here. Wait, how much? Hold on. I think the boys put way more water in that. That felt weird. Yeah, there's a ton of water in there. I don't know what they, I think they got wild with it the other night. They were playing around with it. I like a little less in there. I like it right below the, uh, right below the big disc. When I put it on the table, I even looked at it. I was like, that looks more full than normal. So it's like so much foam gets captured in this chamber. Like you're seeing bubbles and foam going down here, like falling through this, going through there. But a lot of the foam almost overflows into here. Yeah, it's just a really unique like component. And I'm excited to do this on a smaller scale. What I found that with a lot of these components, I like to do them on a really big scale so that I can just really see how they function. It's almost like magnifying the component. And then I test the function, then I'll shrink it back down. Sometimes when things get really small, the, um, the parameters of the function on that thing is so tight, it's hard to have enough room to test and figure out what, what is cool about the function and how you can improve it. So when you make it really big and magnified and oversized, you can start tweaking stuff and figure out why it's special, 
what you would change about it, what you would add to it, and what cool things does it do that you didn't realize it would do. Um, so I'm gonna throw a big dab on this. This hits even better once you have a fucking, you know, it's all capped and stuff. Um, you can just shred it. So let's put a big dab on there and just watch the smoke and bubbles dump. And uh, we'll start talking about some of the ideas for the new studio in which I will be filming a lot of the uh, progress on it and <coughs> ups and downs for anyone who's looking to uh, get into glass blowing and not build a home studio. Maybe you want to build a rental unit or you have the opportunity to build a bigger commercial studio for yourself or your team. Um, I'll share our experience and we'll see how it goes. Um, I need a marble. Oh, also too, I made like this really cool converter for this nail. It goes on here just real quick. Um, but it's like a, uh, so it has like this little, like, little joint right there and then it fits right in here. And then, so you can, you know, shred the gnar like this. It's a five mil converter for the giant, for the giant Slurpee. There's that. I've been going through it, I'll tell you what. Um, and doing things like that helps. That's one thing, I'll tell you. Yeah. I might take a dab on that before the end of this. We'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. I've only taken two dabs out of it and it is not pleasant. So, so we'll see what happens. Uh, let me get a uh, nail set up for this though real quick. Yeah, I was figuring like a giant nail with that much surface area means like giant dabs and like, and then a tiny piece is ultimate flavor. So it's like the ultimate sesh piece for a true connoisseur, but I don't know, man. It sucks when you, honestly, when you try it, you're just kind of like, you, what the fuck just happened? Science. Um, <laughs> okay, there we go. Um, yeah, dude, when you fucking, when you smoke it, it's like, you feel like you're just sucking on a fucking nail, dude. It's like, might as well just take the fucking RBR off it and just suck on the end of this giant nail. You know, that might be where I'm at here in a few years if this whole big studio doesn't work out. You'll just see me laying somewhere on the street corner just with this, like, nail in my mouth laying down, just sucking on it, just throwing dabs in it. I was like, throw dabs here. That's, that's what homeless Evan would look like. It could happen, you know. But I have faith. I'm going to crush and fucking make it, make the dream happen for everybody. Oh, wait, I need my other torch. I forgot. This is a two-torch nail. <coughs> Just faster with two torches. Ooh, that one's too full. Man. We're still going to film the What's Up Everybody podcast here, though. Because on the Wednesdays that we film the podcast, the boys can't come to work till like, noon. So this will be better, too, for that. So that, like, we can keep filming the podcast here on Wednesdays and it won't stop the work production at Bear Mountain Studios. We'll be able to have like Christmas parties, company parties and stuff. Things will be cooler. Get the boys out of my house. It's not fair to them either. Even though I have a beautiful studio and it's nice, it's still like my house, like, you know. So if like one night I'm like, hey, we don't want anyone in the house, get out of here, you know. I can do that. But if it's at a big studio, they'll have a little bit more opportunity to uh, crush certain nights. Not that I've held anyone back or anything, but I, I try to uh, recognize like 
where the benefits are going to be for my team, not just in the space, but in the, you know, appropriate space, I guess. I don't know. I'm so stoned already. It's been quite the fucking morning. But no morning will be as bad as the other mo any of the mornings have happened prior to this. Like, because now we're in the process of just figuring out. I got to call code enforcement uh, tomorrow and be like, hey, so I got a, I got a building. We have the lease. We're gonna be in. Start moving in June first. Like, are we done? Can you can you get rid of this? Whatever this is, whatever we're doing. Like, can you forget about me? Are we done? Or do I have to like call and give you checkups? Because I'm not gonna give them the address of my new location. Not because I'm doing anything wrong. Just because if they're willing to go to the attorney and adjust a code to shut down something at a property I own at my home where I'm quiet, not bothering anyone outside the city. If they're willing to go that far that I don't, not sure what they would do if it was a property I was renting that's in within the city, even though it's all up to code and it's zoned for M1 zoning, light distribution and glass manufacturing. I got all the paperwork for it. I got everything I need, but just cause you have all the paperwork doesn't mean someone's not going to fuck you. So <clears throat> it's so interesting and growing up, you know, these are the things they should have told you in school. Not, they shouldn't have been like, yeah, if you go to college, you do this, you'll get married in the white picket fence and everything will be great in your life. No, what they should have said was, Hey, even if you go to college and have all this paperwork and honest and do it right, someone will still try to fuck you. So let's teach you how to protect yourselves from that. Like if they want a country of successful people, let's do that. Let's teach our young ones that are coming up how to avoid getting fucked even when they do everything correct <laughs> so because that is one of the most shocking things because anyone that does the right thing knows how hard it is sometimes to do the right thing because it's more expensive it's more grief it's more bullshit sometimes it's easier for people to do the wrong thing because they can get away with something they don't have to pay for something it's easier it's not as much work on them but that re reverberates onto other people so, but my big thing is, is like when you do everything right and then you get that wake up call and you realize how naive you were to the world, that's, that's pretty intense. And I don't want my daughter feeling that, but I also don't want to make her cynical. So it's like, how do you fucking teach a young person that the world wants to fuck you even when you do everything right without making them a cynical person? I don't know. I don't know, but I know how to smoke hash and I'll tell you what. So does the county. They know that I like to smoke a lot of hash. They found the Instagram. And they said, so this is all tobacco use only, right? And I was like, yeah. What do you think? I don't inhale any of it. It's more of just like a taste like Kind of like cigar. <coughs> I'm just coughing because I advanced a lot. But yeah, it's crazy. It's fucking crazy, dude. Um, one thing I look at it too is that, hey, at least it happened to me and not someone else, not another glass blower. Because I'll tell you what, I'm super lucky right now in my career to have the support system I do out there for Bearmont Studios. And we have the ability to <coughs> adjust and <coughs> keep crushing <coughs> and um, maybe open up more opportunity for other glass blowers locally. Who knows? Uh, either way, it's just 
I've learned and grew up so much over the last fucking 14 days. I'll tell you what. I haven't grown. I've actually shrunk physically, like I said, the, the whole weight thing. But I've mentally grown where I'm like, it's, I have a new threshold for like fear and anxiety that is so far beyond where I thought the max was that now when I get some dumb shit on Instagram, I look at it and I'm like, I don't care at all. Not that I don't care about a customer or someone that's trying to support me. But if someone's just being weird or being sassy for no reason and they're not one of my customers or they're not trying to support me, they're just being weird on internet because that's how people are, I just don't let it get to me. I'm just like, dude, I'm like so numb to that now. And I don't know if it's a good thing (laughs) or a bad thing. Either way, I see it as growth because I've definitely had some days ruined over the last nine years from social media interactions with people. It's a fact. I don't care how tough you are or what like cool sayings you have to calm yourself down on the inside you fucking hurt when someone's mean to you online unless you have a new threshold for fear and pain which can be really hard in the moment but after it's all over you're like whoa i have this new tool now where i have this new threshold for one of the most hard primal things that humans go through which is fear and pain so it's fucking awesome and i'm not complaining i think i'm fucking lucky I'm lucky I found a building in less than a week. That's unheard of. The real estate agent's like, everything we've done has been an enigma. And I've told this to my wife, even in this situation, all the people were telling me, they're like, how have you done that so quick or this and that? Like, we are fucking moving, boy. Like, we are going. Um, And I, I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's like determination. I don't know if it's pure fucking dumb luck, which it might be. Maybe I'm getting dumb lucky, which... I hope it keeps happening, but that doesn't mean it doesn't come with a ton of hard work. Like luck is always going to be only one part of the equation to your success. Like you can get lucky with an opportunity. You can get lucky with getting a property. You can get lucky with scoring a piece of equipment you never thought you could get, but it's what you do with that is what's going to determine your success. The luck is just one stepping stone on that path. It's not the end all be all to your success. So don't waste your luck. And make sure you don't, make sure you're not so distracted by all the bad things that you don't recognize your luck. Because if you miss it completely, you'll live your whole life thinking you weren't lucky. And I think that in each and every person's own way, there is, there is some luck there. But you have to be delusional enough as a human to convince yourself of that. <clears throat> but that's what I do. I like to convince myself I'm lucky even when things are on fire. I'm like, lucky. Look at me. I have the opportunity to do it all over again. I built this studio. Lucky me, I get to do it all over again. And that's the delusion I like to live in. But that's just being human, right? And adults. Like I've said before in other podcasts, as adults, we all got to make a decision. It's like, you know, are you going to look at everything and realize that a lot of things are lies and fake, or are you just going to live in delusion and try and have a decent life experience and make it good for your family? You know? Yeah, I choose to, like, good life experience, make it good for your family one. All right, so this piece is super fun, though. Definitely a different concept for a drain, and I'm going to incorporate this into another drain, but way smaller, and this is going to be a bottom component inside of another drain. These are all just little parts. Some days, Someday you guys are going to see some pieces come out that you're going to see these components in smaller scales combined into other pieces, and you're going to be like, oh my god, I remember when he did that piece and that component. There it is. It's just smaller, and it's inside that part of the engine or whatever. Like, <coughs> I look at glass 
really differently and like how I build things like like I said sometimes I build a whole piece just to feel a component not so much to like sell a new design that's not not always the goal um I feel like right now I have time to work on designs I have enough designs I can sell that I have time I can test components and really prototype and work on shit for years and come out with something truly unique and never done that isn't so much a stepping stone off another person even though big picture everything I do is going to be a stepping stone for another artist because we all get inspired by each other in the end. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Really, really fun piece. Don't a lot of cool feedback on it. Um, and I'm finally going to be sending out <clears throat> this big boy. It's probably my last day smoking it. My wife was bummed that I'm finally going to send it out, but I'm like, I got to, got to send it to, uh, got to send it to the man I made it for. Um, but I'm definitely going to make some more of these. Um, I'm probably going to even put a couple in like some Sunday sales or some Patreon drops or something here in the coming months <clears throat> uh, to fund the new studio. You're going to see me dropping a lot of glass because like I said, I don't want to take out any loans and I want to pay for this all like old school way. Like make something, you know, have someone buy it and then buy material or buy equipment and build up this fucking studio. Um, so it's like real grassroots and like you guys can really see us do it in real time like watch it be like oh we all scooped something from the sale and then bear mountain studios built this they showed us and like you guys can kind of like be part of that it's almost like you're investing into our company and like what i'm giving back is like my function and the products i'm making and i don't know um i just hope that the county and the city and everyone leaves us alone after this so we can continue to just pursue the dream that we have here in uh colorado springs um, I'd hate to have to move because like my dad and I have worked on this house for seven years. My dad's put so much work into it and my dad is, my dad's getting older. So I'm like, this is, I can't, he's not going to be building another house for me. This is the house that my dad built and like, I want to keep it. So please don't force me out of the village because I'm, all I'm trying to do is be part of the village and participate or not participate at all and still pay full price for everything. I'll just stay over here and pay for everything. Just leave me alone. I don't care. I don't care. Just leave me alone. That's really my main thing these days, um, which maybe isn't a great attitude because maybe what I'm getting fucked with is because I don't participate. But I always feel that if I were to participate in local government and stuff, it would create turmoil for my family and business because, man, there's about 3,000 dad videos on Instagram. They're pretty dope, but some people probably wouldn't think they were super dope. They'd probably be like, what is this degenerate doing his concentrated marijuana?" ruining our communities or whatever they would assume. Maybe I'm assuming too much about them. I don't know. I've got a lot in my mind though, folks, if you can't tell. <clears throat> Where's my tweet? Oh, there they are. But man, have I grown up over the last fucking couple weeks. Holy cow. It's crazy. I mean, I was not ready to grow up this much. I'll tell you what. Are we ever though? So I like try to explain to my wife. I was like, everything we've ever done, every accomplishment we've ever had has been because we've been forced. Like, let's go back to the beginning. Hija, where are we at here? About 35, 40? Okay. We got time for a little story here. Okay. Let's go way back to the beginning. Okay. My beginning. Oh, shit. There it is. I got it. I got my pill. And we'll, we'll make it pretty quick while we smoke hash. Okay, I left high school in 10th grade. That was forced. Um, that wasn't because I thought I was cool or I was too dumb. It was because the circumstances of the school, politics, relationships with parents, faculty, 
lots of issues and my inability to respect the people who were so disrespectful to me and my parents. So I had to get out of the school. <clears throat> my option was to go to an alternative school. So I was forced to go to basically a community college and do 11th and 12th grade and my associates all at the same time, whatever, because it all it was some special program. It's like an alternative thing, kind of like a GED, but not whatever. So I was forced to do that. Then like, I'm not in high school anymore. I'm graduated, whatever. Like I'm just working shit jobs. And then like I start getting into weed when I'm about 18, 19 years old, really start getting into water pipes. And then, um, literally like have a guy hit me up, um, who I think he's a good guy. Like I have nothing uh, bad to say about him. He's a super talented artist. I just don't know if he'd want me to shout him out on here. Um, so I'm gonna respect that. Um, but he like contacted me on Facebook and was basically like, Hey dude, like, um, I have some work to do at my house. You have a landscape company come do it. I've told this story on the podcast before, so I'm keeping it brief. So I went and dug, um, a hole for him and did some work for him. We traded some like, um, time for time. And he let me like blow some glass at his glass blowing studio. And, uh, my wife quit her job and she wanted to blow glass too. And, um, his company was growing and there just wasn't space for us and like at the shop anymore. So we couldn't be there. So I was forced to kind of like buy my first torch and everything, but I didn't know if I was like ready for glass blowing and I didn't have the money to do it. So I took out like a 10 K loan from the bank, which is the most I could have got at the time. Um, and I got, I paid for the torches, which took months to get, but I was like kind of like forced to quickly get into that. So then I started like teaching myself to blow glass and I started working crazy hours. Cause like I invested 10 K and I'm obsessed with this, but I got a crush because like, like, this is like, I don't have what, what the fuck's 10 K even look like? Like this, I was like freaking out, but I just did it. So I crushed, I was forced to do it. And then, um, we didn't know how to sell glass. So we eventually went to a trade show and then this trade show happened in Colorado and we met a lot of people here and we were like, we have to move. So like Colorado wasn't like the state we were looking to move to. We weren't even looking to move. Like we kind of wanted to stay around family, whatever. I also thought it was a good idea for us to move for a lot of reasons, just because of family and circumstances. But so we were like kind of forced to move to Colorado. Okay, we're moving to Colorado. We got this business. And like, I'm trying to explain this to my wife. I'm like, everything we've done, every bit of a success we've ever gained in life is because we've been forced into discomfort. And that's my whole point with this long drawn out fucking story that I said was gonna be quick. Um, so then we get to Colorado and we were forced to just set up like wherever we could as quick as possible. And that circumstances only worked out for six to 12 months. And then we couldn't blow glass at that house anymore. And then we found this house that we're in now. And we just, we just went for it. We like got it. Like nothing has been like gradual. Like, Oh, I think we like that one. Let's think about it. everything. is just like, okay, we'll take that one. We just got to survive and keep going all the way down to this new building where like it just popped up. We just had to go for it. Like, and I'm like, Cassie, this follows our pattern, honey. This is our fucking pattern. And if we deviate from the pattern, we may not get have success. But if we follow this frantic, terrifying pattern that we're always in, I think the results will be similar because it's what we are used to. And it's how we function, unfortunately. In our heads, it would be nice to think we function like, let's plan things. Let's organize it. But really, our function is the world is on fire and we're trying to save it. Everyone functions in a different way. Some people function best with sleep. Some need less sleep. Some people function good under pressure. Other people cripple under pressure. I'm trying to learn what I do best so that I can function best for my family. And I'm finding that, holy shit, I think I need to be on fire to be doing my best. The amount of work I've been getting done 
the amount of weight I've been losing, getting skinnier, looking better, like that's how I'm, I'm finding positives and everything, bro. Like it's just, <clears throat> I don't know, but either way, <laughs> fuck dude. I, this is crazy. Like I'm, I'm actually in like a really good mood today. We got good news yesterday that we got confirmation that we're getting the building and all that. And, uh, but at the same time, I'm still stressed. It's scary. Um, cause it's a, it's a new bill and it's like the teams and I have to build up this whole new studio, but it's exciting too. Cause I'm going to build like a really nice dream spot. Even if we're only there for like three to six years, like I'll make it amazing no matter what <clears throat> dude. Sinks are expensive, bro. Aisha kitchen, those kitchen, nice ones. I'm looking at 36 inch, like industrial, nice kitchen sinks. That few thousand bucks. Some of them. When then the sprayers, like the 41 inch tall spray, Dude, well, we're going to get one of those nice things because I'm like, there's so many things we're going to be able to do in a bigger space to continue to make things better and better quality for us um, that we couldn't do here. So everything's a good thing. Um, I'm just like sometimes get stressed out because I'm like, am I capable? Because this is a lot. And then I like sometimes I get stressed out because I'm like, damn, dude, like this all like kind of like rides on like that, like people like the glass and want to support so we can continue to grow and function. But you know what? Like I have faith. I have a lot of stuff I want to make for y'all. And like this new space means that I can get a really, really high end scientific lathe worker to come in and help me with my flower line. So we can really start having like tubes and bubblers and shit available every month frequently. Like drops like we do with the RBRs, like having just more of everything. <laughs> um, that was my dog barking. Sorry. I don't know if you probably won't hear that. Um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, it was, uh, it's, it's going to be better for everything. Big picture. Like, and for me, really what it was too was, is like, like I said, I could have done this like low key by myself, but like, I want this to grow. Like I want to have people that work with me. I want opportunity for other people. I don't, I said in the beginning of this podcast over two years ago, I don't want to build something and then just be like standing on top of a pile by myself. Like I would like to be up there with a few people that I enjoy and, or I'd like to see other people gain success. And I'd like to be part of their story. I mean, I'm way too philosophical and romantic about the way I look at things. And I think that's why I may get like so overwhelmed and upset sometimes because the world doesn't always reflect in the way that I see it. And, um, yeah. And that's, so and the reason I say it's cause like I made the statement, like I want to, you know, be in people's stories, like what part of their success I want to be there. Like who the fuck gives a fuck about that? Like get a Ferrari. Like, you know, I mean, that's, you know what I mean? Like, that's how a lot of, a lot of people look at me like an asshole for even thinking like that. I'm like, dude, get a fu fuck off. Like, that's stupid. Who cares a fuck about someone else's story? And it's like, I don't know. Maybe it's, maybe it's cause maybe that's my self-centered thing that I'm like, I want to be part of like that, you know, I want to like help people and be part of that whole shit. I don't know. You guys smoking weed too? I'm smoking weed. Oh wait, no, I'm not. It's tobacco. I don't even know what to say anymore, dude. I'm fucked either way. Whatever. Whatever. Super low temp. Here we go. And that'll be nice on this. Honestly, I should have taken it a little hotter probably though. Let 
Oh, that's nice. Real, real low temp, but real. Wow, really nice. Really good taste that. That cake better flavor from that green dot. That uh, <coughs> candy cake. Z cake and jungle cake mix. It's a sugary vanilla gas. Mmm. And that's what I tasted at 480. That was nice. Wow. That's exactly what I needed. <coughs> but yeah, pretty wild. But I'm excited for all the new stuff and building up the team and just uh, going bigger and fucking dude, I don't even know, man. Just trying new shit. And um, honestly, I think we're just going to get healthier, more productive and um, offer more opportunity for folks here locally and offer more for our customers. So big picture, a little bit of discomfort on my end. But when I really think about it, the only discomfort is that I'm like, oh, I have to work a little harder. And I'm like, that's not that big of a deal. Like, it doesn't mean I have to work longer or see my family less. I think it means that I have to just focus and work a little bit harder in the hours I'm allotted. And um, so that's my big thing. I'm not trying to blame anyone for anything. I'm just trying to look at the positives and being like, what can I do to better everything here? And instead of being like, fuck that guy from Code Enforcement or fuck the attorney. or like, everyone's trying to fuck me over, man. Like, ugh. Like, you know, you want to feel like that. That's a very slippery slope, though. You start feeling like that, then eventually everyone's doing that to you now, and everyone's fucking you over. Even your family, and you know, I hate everybody, and now you're alone. You know, don't fall in those patterns. I know a lot of us do. It's so easy. But, yeah, this isn't a therapy session, even though as much as it sounded like one this episode. But we're back. 98. Now, next episode, hopefully it's just a lot more fun. But I wanted to catch you all up. I wanted to let you know exactly what was going on, what kind of happened. And there is the good news. We have the building. We have the team. We have you guys supporting us. We have the knowledge and the equipment. We just, Evan needs to work a little harder. And that's it. So we got this. We got this. And that's what I keep saying to my wife. I'm like, dude, we got this. Now she's excited. She's shown me the stuff from Ikea she likes for that studio. And this shelf. And this organizer. And I'm like, okay. Um... <laughs> We do need hoods and we need this other lathe and this stuff too, but let's get it all. And Evan will just work a little harder and pay for every bit of it. And how lucky am I that I have enough people to support me that I can fucking take on this venture. Um, grateful for my team. Fucking, I think this is how we're going to end the episode. I appreciate all you folks' support. This has been an insane couple of weeks, um, but a lot of growth and i think this is just going to open up all the big opportunities for Bearmont studios i've been talking about for the last nine years this is what i've always wanted to do hey bane hey bane you're good bro okay well bane's gonna end the episode for us this is episode 98 folks i appreciate you hope you have a great day and uh keep following me we're gonna be posting a lot about what we're building here at Bearmont studios sign up for our newsletter too we're gonna to have a ton of drops lots of drops this month it's gonna be absurd it's gonna be disgusting i'm working like an animal have a great day everybody oh shit man you fucking rock dude you fucking rocked the end of the episode bro blew it